You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host. Winter Olympian, Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in on episode 12. This series, I chat with a diverse group of Whistler kids who grew up in our small Canadian mountain town. From actors to Olympians to business leaders to DJs, a lot of talent has come out of our Whistler town. And today I chat with our second Whistler kid. Let me introduce episode 12 guest that I'll be dropping in with. He's an award-winning independent producer committed to quality Canadian storytelling with honesty and originality. His first feature film premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival in 2012, winning the Borsos Award at the Whistler Film Festival for Best Canadian Film Featured. He has worked with directors such as Bruce McDonald, Jamie Travis, Rob Grant, Kate Melville, Jason Priestley, and Anne-Marie Fleming, just to name a few. I'm happy to introduce this brother-son-friend award-winning producer and Whistler Kid, Peter Harvey. Hello. That's you in a <laughs> nutshell. Okay, and now I start with rapid fire. Are you ready? Is it like, are we getting into rapid fire? Like right yeah, now? yeah, yeah. Tough. Let's yeah, that's how I start it. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Whistler or Blackcomb? You have to Black choose. Blackcomb. Blackcomb, yeah. <laughs> this is okay. tough. This is tough. I'm like, oh, man. I know. Okay, People are going to judge you on this. It's all great. Oh, oh shit. Okay, okay. Blackcomb. Number two. When you were a child, would you choose hockey or snowboarding? Hockey. And now, would you choose hockey or snowboarding? Hockey. Did you ever ski? Older... Did you ski? Yeah, I like grew up skiing until I think I was like eleven okay. or twelve. I got to the point where I was like, I think it was around like ten or eleven, where it was like I need. I either went into ski racing, yeah. or I went into like hard, more hardcore ho- hockey because both the events happened on weekends, and it's like so you could oh, yeah. only really do one or the other. And so all my older cousins, like the Paynes, were all playing hockey. And so, you know, we were kind of a hockey family. And so I went that way. It's so different to be a hockey kid in Whistler. I know. And it's like we didn't get a rink. Actually, it was like the perfect time. We got a rink, I think, when when I like our group was seven Mm -hmm. years old, I believe. Yeah. And I was like just learning to play at the time. And so um once Whistler's you know had an arena it's like I just started going there all right number three now that you live in Toronto for the past 12 years is it 13 oh dear 13 years literally end of July 13 years happy anniversary um best part of living in Toronto Uh, for me it's film 
the film work that happens here in Toronto just because it is uh, Canadian. You know, we're making mm-hmm. Canadian programs and features and and everything out here, whereas Vancouver is very much a service industry for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. You know, so that's kind of why I moved out here, and yeah, works good. Um, definitely miss the West Coast, obviously, because of the mountains and the beauty and the ocean. Yeah, you know, for sure. I get back lots, which is nice. But you do, which is nice. That you're still a Whistler kid. You're always going to be a Whistler kid. Don't worry. Yeah. A lot of people are like, he's from Toronto. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh. Like, I Ouch. just live, just live in Toronto. I'm not from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Number four, first ever Whistler memory. I would have to say, like, I, I remember back in the day, like, you know, Tapley's, it's either Tapley's mm-hmm. Farm, just like that little community. Um, or going to like the bear, see the bears like at the dump. Which <laughs> <laughs> is funny. I was like, is that a thing where we can say? Anyways, we had the dump. They didn't have fences. There were bears. That was back in the day. It was back in the day. Now we have fences. Keep bears those, those are those are both good memories. <laughs> yeah. Bears are still here, people. Yeah. Except and also don't also pet them. Don't leave your garbage out. Do not. Do not. Lessons learned. All right, number five. Favorite class at Whistler Secondary School? Definitely outdoor ed with Mitch Salkers. 100%. Yeah, I never got to take that. Yeah, that sucks for you. I know. I feel like I would have learned a lot. It's so much fun. Like, you know, you learn about the outdoors for half the class. You're out, you know, learning backcountry safety and how to build a snow cave and stay in it overnight and I'm glad you brought Mitch Mitch Sulkers up, actually, because he was our school teacher and my English teacher and with us through the whole journey of high school and has seen so many Whistler kids that I actually am rounding out this series with Mr. Sulkers and Brenda Norrie. Amazing. So that's going to be the best one. (laughs) It's going to say that right now. Uh, I look forward to it. I totally look forward to it. Okay. Number six. I asked this to Tara Sloan, and I'm asking it to you. Okay. What are your thoughts on socks and sandals? Terrible. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, like okay. don't, if you're going to wear sandals, don't wear socks. Like, what? Right. why? I why just, would you do that? I know. It's a weird thing. Like, you see people, like, wearing them all the time, and you're like, didn't your parents raise you right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like I need to meet your parents to be like, how did you? What let happened this happen? here? Like, where did the, where did the this from break? you or <laughs> I love yeah, it or is this their own kind of independence? If it's their own independence, something know, went something, wrong. Something went wrong. All right, number seven. How many of your Whistler friends still live in Whistler? Uh, that's a good question. I think I would say there's like a handful of like the the original crew. Mm-hmm. everyone i would have to say most have either gone to squamish or pemberton like i would say majority squamish yeah. just because a lot of them have jobs in vancouver and so mm-hmm. it's a little bit closer and it's still the mountain vibe and yeah um you know turning into a really great place to raise a family and they're developing the downtown core more and oh it's going massive in squamish i know that's what i mean it's like wild Number, well, I'm still here. You can always sleep on my couch. Perfect. <laughs> Number eight. 
Movie making or TV making? What, what do I prefer? Yeah. Um, I prefer making films. Oh, do we not call them movies? Do we call them films? Movies. Movies. Okay. Films. Same, okay. same, same. Film um, sounds very hoity-toity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I films. Call, I, I'm going to say films. Yeah. Films. It's like film festival. The movie, Copy that. Movie sounds like too much like movie of the week, which is like Hallmark and like. I mean, I've been watching my fair share of homework. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> all, all of my friends who are actors on, are all, all the hallmarks right now. And it's I so probably weird. love them all. Okay. It's so it's so funny. It's like every time I turn on a TV, um, I'm like, what? This is like four of my different like friends are on the so, show. So crazy story. I, I did ask you for Allie Milner's info because I was watching this what I thought was going to be a movie ended yeah. up being a series on Hallmark when calls the heart or something ridiculous like that. And I got li- hooked on it. And then Allie Milner showed up in it. Yeah. I was like, what? She's an actress too. She does it. She does it all. Also a very talented whistler. Right. We're, every, we're everywhere. Apparently. We are everywhere. Okay. <laughs> number nine, rapid fire, not so rapid fire, but everyone's getting to know you more. Number nine. Slow rapid fire. <laughs> Book or Netflix? It's tough. I would say I would say Netflix, but I need to read more. I have a lot of books. I have a problem. I buy a lot of books. Yeah. That sit on my shelf, and so they look this, good. They do. <laughs> this this year, I my goal is to do 12, 12 of them, and to try not to keep buying books, even though I keep buying more. One a um, month. But did, yeah, do one a month. But if I can do more, great. I respect that. Okay, so then I have to ask you, what was the last Netflix show you watched? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I watched, what did I just finish? I just watched The Kissing Booth 2. Okay, haven't, haven't seen that one. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Um, True Romance is on Netflix, not a series, but a film, which is one of my favorites. Um, yeah. So... I just rewatched that, which was cool. I also own it, like on Blu-ray and DVD and all that. So, anyways, um, but the last series I watched on Netflix, oh, was that um, that new Zac Efron? Uh, oh yeah, world, I started watching like, that. The travel one, and it's like a pretty funny show. Yeah, um, I liked remi- it. Yeah, it reminds me of like you know a, tr- a travel show that, like when um, Graham Wardle and I went to Mongolia to film a little bit of heartland and we shot like a bunch of uh we shot like a l- bunch of behind the scenes stuff that just ended up online um, and it was just it was just the two of us that went and so so smart. it reminded me of that i was like man this would be cool this would have been great if we like had a full crew but it was mm-hmm. like the, the two of us when we were yeah. in mongolia for 11 days and it was let's go back and, yeah. i'll go with you yeah let's do it <laughs> Mongolia, here we come. Should we film like a snowboard thing in Mongolia? I think oh, so. I definitely think so. Hey yo. Yes. Okay. All right, number number 10. Last one of the rapid fire. Last project you worked on. Uh, I'm the okay. So the last one that's done or the one like I'm currently working on? The one that's done. That would be uh, a Netflix series called Grand Army that's coming out in the next couple months. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. So okay. it was my, my first Netflix series that I worked on. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a very cool project. And so 
I'm excited for it to hit hit the world and everyone will get to see it. For sure. Okay, rapid fire is over. I think everyone of our listeners got to know you a little bit better. Now we're going to dive into just growing up in Whistler and a little bit of the inside scoop as to really how you kind of transformed from Whistler kid to award-winning producer in Toronto. How'd that happen, Peter? Well, you know, started making, I'm like, who knows? Um, started making movies probably 11 or 12. And that's just like always like a fun kind of thing that I did on the side. And once I was playing a couple years of junior hockey, I realized, you know, I wasn't going to make the NHL. And so I was like, okay, maybe I should figure out, you know, that hockey, you know, I had a chance to go down to the States and play uh, in like the, the university hockey down there, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like, I wasn't div one or, or anything like that. And so I was like, okay, you know, do I go into sports management and like kind of follow the hockey thing? Um, I applied for like a really good university at the time, which is Capilano and their film program. Okay. Uh, and back then, I don't know if it's the same now, back then it was very competitive to get into. There was, you know, 500 applicants and they only took 125 every year for first year. And then every year you had to reapply and re-interview to go for on your to second the ne- year to go on to the next. Damn. And so the next year was 50 and third year was 25. Whoa. So it went from like 125 to 25. And, and so you made it. Yeah. But like what, what, like, how did that happen? Because it, do you think it had anything to do with growing up in Whistler and having just like so many competitive kids around you that you were like, I'm driven, I'm focused, I'm doing this, this is what I want to do? 100%. And that's, you know, I could say that is the same thing for the hockey. In our, I guess it was grade 12, uh, only five of us wanted to play like minor hockey. Mm-hmm. And so the five of us um, went to West Vancouver and we all tried out and we all made the team and all of us were so competitive and they like had to cut people from West Van who didn't make the team. But then we drove down, you know, so three, or, three or four times uh, a week to do practices and then games. Um, so for, our, for our listeners, what it's like a two hour drive to hockey there and then two yeah. hours back. So four hours out of your day, you're on the road. Yeah. And like very grateful for our parents who kind of like took turns uh, driving us down, which was, yeah, yeah, which was nice um, and pretty amazing of them. But it was one of these things where like that competitive nature was kind of, you know, bred into us and just being around, you know, I think I remember actually one of my like greatest memories is going and watching like Rob Boyd win in Creekside. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, how old would we have been there? We would have been small. It's yeah, like that was he, in the eighties. He won in like the late eighties, I think. Yeah. So yeah. we would have been pretty small. And just I think it was just kind of like bred into us that this competitive nature. And so yeah. I loved it, especially from like the hockey background as well. It's like I I was very competitive and I knew that, you know, if I put everything into it. Yeah. I, I would do well. So I, you, you really had to pour your heart into it. Um, and so that and hockey just bled into going from 100, 500 applicants 
Like, what do you think set your application apart to make it down each year to, to be in that 25? So once I got in, like, I, you know, I did write like my essay to get into film school was about hockey and leadership and, and, uh, teamwork. Um, you know, making a movie, unless you're making a documentary by yourself, you know, making, making, making making a movie is very, like, it's all about the teamwork. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, everyone kind of has their own job and together, you know, it'll make or break the project. Um, Everyone listening that wants to be in movies, there you go. Yeah, gotta work, <laughs> gotta work hard, and and trust your team. And um, but yeah, it was like once I got in, it was like I excelled. I think I was one of, I think I was one of like fourteen or fifteen Canadians who got the Millennium Scholarship, mm-hmm. um, which was like for Canadians who, yeah, <laughs> a long time ago. I'm like, how long ago? Uh, Sorry. 15, 15 years ago, I think. Um, no, we're in 2020. Those, yeah. 20 know. years ago. No, not that long. Uh, it would have been. 18. Oh, it would have been after graduation. Yeah. We graduated in 2002. Yeah. It would have okay. been like my first, or, I think it was my second. Why'd they call it the millennial thing? No idea. The post-millennial but, award. Okay. I guess so. But the cool thing was, you know, it was for for Canadians who had the highest grades in all of Canadian universities. And I was like, what? How? But I, what? I excelled at what? filmmaking. I, yes, I know. I know. Holy pat I, on the back, pal. I excelled at filmmaking. And so for me, it felt like I was cheating because it was so easy. I just loved it so much. It was your jam. Yeah. And so they like the president of the school invited my parents over for like a luncheon and like it was very bizarre. I don't think I've ever seen my mom so proud, especially with school, just because like high school, I like I got B's and like C pluses and we're just like didn't. How rad is that? You just like found your your thing and you're passionate about it, too. Well, that's the whole thing. It was like you know, I was never passionate about math or no. science. Yeah. I actually love science. I was just terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. See, uh, I am only now reflecting back and being like, wow, I was really lucky that I found snowboarding. And how uh, like amazing is it that at the age of 11, 12, you picked up a camera and started filming and then that led into your whole career, which is amazing. Which yeah. we never actually talk about. Like, we're friends, but we never talk about, like, uh, snowboarding or movie, ma- film, filmmaking. Filmmaking. Um, the only, you know, the only time that we probably did was when you were also living in Toronto for that short period. Yeah. And, and we got to experience TIFF together. Oh, yeah. TIFF. That was really fun. I would come back for that. That was very fun. I know. Uh, maybe not this year, just because COVID. it's going to be mostly virtual. I know. I how are you? Uh, how are you? I want do want to touch on that. How are you coping in the business as it started up again? Yeah, it was weird. We were we were on day nine of production of a new Netflix series, uh, and they and we had to pause, and yeah. so we kind of like you know everyone went home and we locked up all the gear in the studio and you know all the gear companies were very well they were going through the same thing it was like no one was everyone just kind of locked up and walked away yeah Um, same with everything across 
the, yeah. like the world. It's so crazy how that happened. And now you're back to business. We're slowly, slowly getting back. We're actually going to be the one of the first shows that goes back to filming. And we're oh. planning on filming August 31st again. Okay. And so we're in like early COVID prep, which is like making sure the studio is safe for our crew members to come back and start prepping. Yeah. Uh, and then also for our actors to come back. Um, we do have some American leads, but it's like all of them have uh, work permits from early, yeah. from like when we started. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll, we're able to bring them back up. Right, right, right. But yeah. We'll have to like, you know, we have to plan for and flying them up and then 14, 14, uh, days. 14 mandatory quarantine days. So it's like, you know, we'll go in before they get here and so, like stock their fridges and yeah, like yeah, yeah. make sure. And, you know, we'll probably have to do like a couple of supply runs for their 14 for days them, yeah. so that they. You're a good person, Peter. Thank you. You are as well. All right, Peter, you come back to Whistler every year pretty much for the Whistler yep. Film Festival. And it's been pretty successful for you. Do you want to just touch on uh, what it's like to come back every year? Definitely. I started like going to the Whistler Film Festival when it first started. And I just like loved watching Canadian and international films there and was just kind of like, okay, I want to bring movies back. Um, one of the big things, what they like, helped finance one of my first documentaries which you were a part of yes uh called growing up whistler back in back in 2009 but it was like that was, was it 2009 first... that seems like so 2000... long ago yeah 2009 they were they were doing the whistler stories i think for the five years leading up to the olympics mm -hmm. and they were just trying to like tell whistler stories before the olympics and I was very fortunate to be one of the recipients for that award and, and for that funding. And so that was like, you know, I, I directed a, a short film that got into TIFF and brought me to Toronto. And that was one of the only projects that I've directed since. Okay. And then I kind of fell into producing and I love producing. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely want to make my way back to, to directing, but it was oh. like, that was probably... I was going to say, that was probably one of the last things I directed, which was, you know, over 10 years ago. Wow. Um, but it's like, I always consider myself a filmmaker and that is, you know, kind of working on a project that you love. And yeah. so I've had a lot of success at the Whistler Film Festival and most of them have been with projects that I've produced and I've yeah. come back to Whistler with. Watch the, the community movies. loves it and the community loves you still, even though you live in Toronto. Ugh, whatever. I know. <laughs> Every everyone who I meet from Toronto in Whistler or anywhere, they're just kind of like, wait, you left Whistler? Like everyone I know. the opposite. Thing exactly. It's true. But you're yeah. following your passion. And uh, let's just touch on that that one uh, that you directed uh, that I was in. And I feel like it was a long time ago because I was so naive back then. And I don't think I feel like I helped you at all. Cause you were asking like the tough questions. Like I'm asking you right now, it's like, what makes a Whistler kid? And I had no idea because I was just living on the, like, I'm a snowboarder. It doesn't matter what I do. <laughs> Which isn't true. It's like, and, and I guess what, what have you learned since then? I mean, I've reflected a lot and I, I, I don't know. I was just on, like talking to someone today and they're like, you are very modest and you're very down to earth. And I was like, well, 
you know, you can always do better. So yeah, I went to four Olympics and I can reflect on that, but also you're looking to the next thing and, and trying to do better all the time. Are we also modest with their kids? (laughs) I I think so. I think that, well, I think again, that was like what was taught. It was like work hard, you know? Yeah. I would say majority of us come from like working class families. So it's like Mm -hmm. work hard, train and, you know, do your best. And sometimes your best isn't going to be good enough and just like keep trying. Yeah. What did you get out of the documentary? What was like the big Uh, takeaway? Like going off memory. Mm -hmm. um, You know, I got to hang out with you and Mm -hmm. Robbie and Julia and like film you guys doing what you loved. Yeah. And I think it was just that it was like the love of um, the love of sport and the love Mm -hmm. of, you know, your guys's passion. Before before we recorded, you were saying that you are a mentor now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to, um, mentor as much as I can. One of my big things is like connecting people. Mm-hmm. I try mm-hmm. to, I try to like connect as many people as I can. So great. Um, that's, that's what it's what, about. That's literally what like filmmaking is about, is about yeah. networking. Yeah. Wicked. And yeah. I have to Wicked. give, I have to give props to Diane Neufeld, who was one of my first year professors who was like you like networking will make or break your career like you and she forced us maybe force is a is a is a (laughs) is a bad word but as a first year film student she did kind of force us as one of her assignments to like go meet somebody who you didn't know yeah and take them out for coffee pay for the coffee and Mm -hmm. like talk to them for 30 minutes and write 30 minutes to an hour and write an essay on it wow um that's cool. And the, pers- the person who I did mine on was Lauren Graham, who had just ah! won, yeah, who had just yeah. won the seventy-two-hour filmmaker showdown at mm-hmm. the, you know, at the time it was the Telus World Ski and Snowboard Festival. Yeah. And I like cold called her and was like, "Hey, like you, you were somebody who I look up to. I'd love to meet you and just like take you up for coffee and pick your brain, mm-hmm. you know." And I started. And she said yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Went up for coffee. See, with people her. say yes. That's what's cool about it. Yeah, I went out for coffee with her, and we connected. And then it was like I started in, interning for her that like following summer, and we started. Yeah. You know, I started like assistant editing and and blogging footage, which I had never really done before. So she taught me that. Um, and you know, it's like I was in LA in November. I was. Um, one of the programmers for the feature films for the slam dance film festival and mm-hmm. so i was down there for like jury deliberations and i got to meet up with lauren for a little bit and mm-hmm. um you know she gave me her latest script that i got to read and cool. yeah, we're still chatting and collaborating and awesome. it's like you know networking that's how it works i know it some matters. of the um i was at the youth olympic games uh, this past january and I did an interview with one of the kids that won two medals and he's like, what's, what's the piece of advice that you would give the kids? And I was like, be kind because you yeah. don't know when you're going to meet that next person or where they're going to pop up again. So just be kind to everyone. Totally be kind. And, and don't be afraid to say hello. That's the big thing. It's like, 
go up to people, talk to people yeah. because you never know when you're going to meet them again. And yeah, or they're exactly. going to be like, oh, I have a project that, you know, he or she would be perfect for. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. I end off the podcast with my takeaways. And yeah. as I'm trying to dig down and figure out what Whistler Kids, what makes Whistler Kids special from what I take from our conversation is that we kind of grow up with this competitive spirit and it's ingrained in us and with our friends and it's just there from our family, from the community, but also that the passion that you find in something that you love is also going to shine through once you find that. And I don't think that's just for Whistler kids. I think that's obviously for everyone, but Whistler kids just happen to have this crazy community behind us that pushes us um, into these zones that we didn't even know really existed and to these opportunities that we never could have really foreseen um, that we do make it to, which is wild. Anything else you want to add to that? No, I think that that was that was perfect. It's, um, you know, man, it's I miss Whistler and I, you know, going reliving, you know, the past and all that. It's like we were very fortunate. We watched this like this tiny little community grow into a, like a big international ski destination. It's wild. Um, it's, it's wild. It's so the craziest thing is, is that we grew up here and I walk outside. I'm like where did all these people come from? Cause there's so many tourists now that I'm like, this is our town. Like what? Oh yeah. They it's were, also a resort town. <laughs> they were always kind of there, but they just grew and it just grew. Yeah. And it's just like every year it get bigger and bigger. It's like, you know, our first elementary school is where the high steakhouse Delta, exactly. Delta hotel is. And it's like, that was our first elementary school and there was no marketplace. And no our baseball fields were all where those like condos were. So, yeah, you know, that just kind of got pushed out to grow, um, you know, more so places cool. for people to stay and shop. And, and Over 30,000 overnight sleepers can stay here now. There you go. That's a fact check that I did on the first one on the first Ooh, yeah. episode of Whistler Because you were like, Kids. how many people can stay? I totally was. I, I got to get the things right for the people. Um, all right, Peter. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can go to Instagram or Twitter, and I'm at uh, Peter Harvey Film. That's where you'll find me on those two. And then if you go, if you want my website, it's uh, www.peterharveyfilms.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for dropping in with me. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'm excited to hang out with you in person. Tune in next Thursday as we drop in with our third Whistler Kid. Thank you, DJ Kenosis, for the music and my mom for the intro voice. Do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports 
Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.